Kura, this program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Wellington Access Radio, make your voice heard. Kura Wellington. Kura Laura. Hi there, Laurie. Welcome everybody to B-side stories on Access Radio 783 AM. How are you all today? I know I'm great, Laurie. <laughs> I had a great time with you yesterday working on our Fair Trade Fortnite special episode today. Nice. Yes, everybody. Have you got your uh, Fair Trade Karma Cola and your Fair Trade Chocolate in your feet up because you are in for our Fair Trade special on Access Radio this evening? Who did you get to have a chat to, Laurie, yesterday? Well, we were um, running all over town having uh, just short chats with um, fair trade retailers all over the place. We went to the Wellington Chocolate Factory. Wow, that that uh, salted caramel chocolate was pretty good. I had more than one free sample. <laughs> I uh, we talked to All Good with who do the All Good bananas and the Carmacola, and uh, we talked to Stories. Yes, yes, that funky little uh, pop up cafe down at the bottom of Cuba Street. They stock people's coffee. Absolutely. And uh, we talked to Trade Aid and Common Sense Organics, so we were kind of all over the show. But it was great to hear them all talk about their products as well as shout out each other because everyone in Wellington is enjoying each other's um, ethically produced products, which is great to hear. So have a listen to uh, some businesses from our fair city. We are down for at the Wellington Chocolate Factory with Miriam Ramos. Welcome to B-Side Stories on Access Radio, Miriam. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. Now, why has being fair, is being fair trade certified or fair trade, dealing with fair trade supply chain really important for the Wellington Chocolate Factory business? I think, well, actually, it's the main value of, of right. Wellington Chocolate. Um, the way that Rochelle and Gabe from the start... Um, build this factory was on the basis of we have to make sure that our source is fair trade because we need to give farmers a chance to keep producing, get a fair price and so we end up with having a really good quality product without any shortcuts, without slavery, without dark secrets. It's really about being transparent. Nice. So then that's probably, but I do need to ask, why do you think then Wellingtonians specifically, because this is where you've grown this wonderful business from, but why do you think Wellingtonians think it's important to support fair trade products as well? Well, obviously, um, it is a vibrant capital. I've been here 14 years, yeah. and it wasn't as vibrant as when I arrived. I thought there was nothing going on. But in the past eight years, it's incredible how it has shined. And it's a very vibrant capital. Um, we're, it's really food-oriented. So I'm not surprised that Wellingtonians are really discerning when it comes to um, choosing what they eat. There's yes. so many options. Um, and I think in general, the spirit of New Zealand in general still is, I know it's been changing, but still is that keeping it pure, it still is about the conscious consuming. Um, people in Wellington love to grow their own gardens and grow their own food, so there is a strong close relationship with food, and I think that's the key, and that's why it's, it's all about, I think, supporting that fair trade, supporting the local produce as well. 
So, Miriam, have you got any good or great fair trade moments that the Wellington Chocolate Factory has that you'd like to share with the listeners today? Well, actually, um, both owners, Gabe and Rochelle, um, have a close relationship with the farmers before even ordering the first um, single-origin bag of, of cocoa beans. They actually went to the farms themselves, whether it was in Peru or it was in Dominican Republic or if it's in Samoa or in Bougainville, they are the ones that go and visit these farms themselves and check that they have the fair trade values, even if they're not having the certification just yet or they're working on it. So they hold most of these stories, and I'm sure there's heaps of stories around the community really seeing them a, a bit like gods, I guess, when they arrive, because they're the ones that are going to be buying their supply. So by buying fair trade, what difference are we as consumers making to, to people out there in the supply chain? I think all the, all the difference in the world. I think if we all really focus on conscious consuming and reading our labels and making sure it's coming from the right sources, we will definitely end the very, very... Um, slavery chain that we that most of the products come and we really will push big corporations to to adjust and do changes because in the end we have the power with our money we're voting for the company and that values so every time we're buying we're choosing who we're supporting it's really a vote so i think if we have that in mind we can change the way we're eating in an in a really in a year like really quickly Miriam, that was awesome. Thank you very much. And thank you, Wellington Chocolate Factory, for your amazing work, not only supplying us with amazing chocolate, but your uh, trade uh, values and being fair trade as well. Thank you. Definitely. Thank you very much for coming in. So next up, we'll be talking to Matt Morrison, who runs All Good. And uh, Matt, uh, what kind of fair trade products do you guys carry? We started with uh, the first fair trade bananas for New Zealand, and so we brought uh, containers in from the old Guabo Co-op in southwest Ecuador, and they kindly took a punt on New Zealand and decided to support us by sending us some bananas, and that was back in 2010. And we're now doing more than bananas. We're now doing Karma Cola, which is another soda that uh, that is a little bit different and that it is organic and fair trade we're doing gingerella and if you're around cafes you'll also see lemmy uh, fair trade organic lemonade that's so cool uh i know the all good bananas they're in every supermarket in town so it's really good <laughs> now uh, why is it important for you to use uh, fair trade products well, fair trade is really the essence of why we, we do what we do, because it's basically ensuring that the growers get a fair deal. Uh, Kiwis don't really want to know that they've ripped off people overseas, and uh, sometimes when the supply chain is super long and you don't really have that intimacy with the person that's doing all the hard work to grow, to grow the things that you're eating or drinking or wearing, then you can you you, you can actually find out some uh, rude facts later on, as you know we we learnt from Bangladesh, from the Rana Plaza, and other things that people are not treated the same way as we'd expect them to be treated if they were working right next door to us. So we were, felt it was really important that fair trade certification gave consumers confidence that when they brought products from us, that they knew that the growers were being looked after. Have you got any fair trade moments, fair trade stories that you'd like to share with our listeners? 
Well, that's the great thing about fair trade is you actually get to know the people that uh, do all the hard work. And so we've had a huge um, privilege of traveling to places like southwest Ecuador and, and also to West Africa to on the border of uh, Sierra Leone and Liberia is where the original kola nuts were grown. And we went there on a fact-finding mission just to meet the people that were growing us kola nuts. And it was an extraordinary trip where we uh, traveled for a couple of days into the jungle and came across a clearing in a village and crossed a little bridge that uh, our consumers contributed to and were met by an extraordinary group of uh, really welcoming, friendly people from southern Sierra Leone. And uh, these people have now become our friends and we've followed them for the last couple of years. And you know, they've really thrown themselves at, at getting us great coal and nut, but also in using the funds in a really pragmatic, great ways to look after their children uh, and to look after their futures. And they uh, are now liaising and, and working with the Carmacola Foundation on a really a weekly basis to make sure that they're getting the sort of results that they wanted when they went into supporting us with the coal and nut. That's incredible. Is it the is it the local people who decide what to spend that money on? That's right. I mean, we are, we're pretty good at making a drink and um, selling bananas, but we don't know a lot about development and, and what the people in those parts of the world need to make sure that their lives are a bit more secure and 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 a bit bit easier. And so we don't pretend to know that. Um, it's very specialised. We've got development people that support us with some of their knowledge but we're very much about empowering people on the ground to choose how they fund their own activities to make their lives a bit easier and and we that's a a vital part of it because uh, it's very easy to sit back here in Wellington and think what would be good for them but it's much more important and it's much more realistic for them to decide for them to know uh, how they would like to invest those funds that's so cool. Thanks, Matt Morrison, for talking to us on B-Side Stories. I'm sure the cola tastes so much sweeter when you know that um, there's some really good stuff going into it behind the scenes. So thanks, Matt. Thanks, B-Side Stories. Thank you. We'll keep listening. <laughs> now we're here with Kirk Hodgson from Stories, that little coffee shop on Lower Cuba Street. Uh, Kirk uh, what uh, fair trade products do you have here at Stories? Uh, all of our coffee, uh, chocolates, um, most of our drinks uh, are all fair trade. So basically, most of what we sell. Um, yeah. Great. Why is that important to your business? Uh, I guess fair trade is kind of part of almost our key ethos as a business. Um, that all of our what we do is kind of socially minded, whether it be our, our training or what we're selling, and so we kind of we liked the the living out the idea of sort of conscious consuming, um, and that goes through um, through all all avenues of what we do. And do you think it's important to Wellingtonians that you carry products like that? Uh, I think so. To to a lot it does, definitely. Um, And to those that it doesn't, if they're still buying our stuff, that's great. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Awesome. Have you got any favorite fair trade products or little fair trade stories that you could share with the listeners? Uh, 
I don't know so much about fair trade stories because I haven't even. I feel like I'd need to go to some of these places um, personally. Um, fair trade products. Um, one that I am loving at the moment is the um, Carmicola guys do a white grapefruit juice, which I believe has fair trade sugars and all of that in it, um, and that's phenomenal. Um, yeah, everything from People's Coffee. We're using their seasonal blend, which we uh, absolutely adore. Um, hence why we are happy to sell it to our customers. Um, yeah, yeah. So is it important that you sell things you believe are ethically made to people in Wellington? Yep, definitely. Um, and I think beyond, like, to be able to present something ethically made to Wellingtonians, it also has to be of quality because otherwise you're undermining the whole structure of fair trade. Um, and so I think for us to present something it's also got to be of a high quality um, to do justice to those people that are making those products as well um, so yeah I think it goes hand in hand as the sort of quality and the um, justice of it that is awesome thanks Kirk you're welcome now we're here with Christian Pilkington from Wellington Trade Aid hi Christian hello everyone Tell us about Trade Aid. What kind of fair trade products do you carry? A lot, a lot. That's the first thing. Um, we started mainly with craft. Where we've got over a thousand items in the craft, handcraft, and food. We've got baking goods, snack goods, coffee and chocolate, of course, oils, things from Palestine, South America, Africa. Why is fair trade important to your business? We, we were founded uh, purely uh, to work in fair trade, so it, it isn't a secondary thing, it, it's why we exist. So the idea after looking at the needs of people overseas was how can we help them? And we could help them by helping them trade and, and long-term relationships, um, you know, having, having fair uh, relationship with them. And and this was helping to change their lives. I mean, I mean, initially it was very idealistic. It, it has changed in 40 years that we've been working. Um, we're one of the oldest fair trade groups, but now we see the results. We see the results coming through in second, third generations. How you said it was idealistic at first. How was it that way? Uh, initially, we thought that it would have an end date, uh, that um, we would start this business. And uh, this was in the 70s, you need to remember. And so we were going to change the world like many other groups. And so we saw a fair trade world and we saw that that was going to have an end date. And, uh, and gradually we realised, no, this was a long term, uh, that there would always be people, unfortunately, under the many systems that we have around the world, that there are always people coming through that are going to need the help. And so this is why we are seeing, uh, we've had relationships of 40 years. So it's not the same people, it's, it's new families, new women, new men coming through. And you said that you're starting to see the difference that it's making. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes. Um, in particular, something uh, close to my heart is the position of women. So um, 
there would be uh, some some of our groups. There would be uh, ten to fifteen groups, which are solely women's groups, and some the majority are women. Now, what we find is that the women in most of the uh, developing countries they are the most disadvantaged in their society. Once they start. Uh, working in a cooperative, earning their own money, and that is the most important thing. They get the money direct. It's not going through the father or a third, you know, another party. They get it direct. They then have um, a higher status in their community. When they have a higher status, they start to get a voice, and we find the voice of the women in their community will be directed to better living conditions for the whole family. So that'll be in in their home, their food, education, and if you talk to the women, I've met many of the women when I've travelled, is that they they are so proud of being able to provide education for their children, especially their daughters, and they don't want their daughters to have the struggle that they have had. And have you got any great fair trade stories or? Uh, moments that you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, I remember being in Sri Lanka and visiting a village. Um, there, were gran- there was a, an extended family, and um, so grandparents and things, and they were making the wooden toys that we have for uh, the children. And it was great to know that they were able to stay together in the village because in the past, the young people, young girls and young boys were going to the cities and getting into prostitution uh, because there was nothing for them. And it was great to see and talk to them and and see them being able to carry on that village life and, and be able to earn money. Wow, that's a really powerful story. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's many stories, you know, like that, because unfortunately when you are that disadvantaged, then it is those sort of um, things that you fall back on, you know, and and that's, you know, awful. Thank you, Christian from Trading. Thank you for talking to us on B-Side Stories. Thank you for listening. We've got Joanna Kearney here. She's a volunteer at Trade Aid. Hi, Joanna. Hi, how are you going? (laughs) Great. Now, uh, why did you want to be a volunteer over at Trade Aid? Wow, this is actually my first day working here. As a student, I can't really, like, can't purchase a lot of the products here, the beautiful, like, things. But um, I thought the kind of the thing I can give them is my time. So I'm really interested in the fair trade and what goes on here. I would like to know more about it. And so I was like, just give them my time and doing a couple hours a week volunteering. Do you think there are products that even students can make sure they get the fair trade version of those products? Definitely. I think ethically, like when you're in the supermarket, especially like eggs and bananas, like that um, are a really good option. And also coffee. Really, really, there's lots in Wellington. There's lots of really good um, baristas that have made great coffee that's fair trade. Are, are those the fair trade products that you buy? Yes, those are the ones. <laughs> and what kind of a difference do you think individuals can make by buying fair trade? I think for us, it's only a couple of dollars. But I think knowing where the products come from, um, especially with the fair trade, like the coconut oil and the ginger dates, like the food, it's just of such a high quality that you don't really find in supermarkets. 
Um, and I think just knowing that you've made just a tiny difference in how like your habits of how you buy, I think it's just something very small, but I think it's very important for us as consumers to do. And are there any stories from your travels that have kind of inspired you to feel this way? Um, actually, I was on a school trip to India and we went to a leprosy centre um, called Titagar, just out of Calcutta. And um, it was entirely self-sufficient. So um, they had their own like, vegetable gardens. They had um, they wove the um, habits for the nun and the tablecloths and the bedding. And they completely kind of transformed this community. So by giving them like the tasks and the kind of purpose that's behind making something, they really changed these people's lives who were really severely... Um, severely handicapped with their leprosy. Like it was an amazing thing to see and um, to learn about the history. So it used to be a horrible, horrible, like violent community and a lot of um, incredibly negative things, but just giving them the ability to produce products and have that kind of support and also make money as well. I just think it's a really fantastic idea and it just was, um, it was really, really cool to see. That's great, Joanna. Thanks for talking to us. Good luck with your volunteering. Thank you so much. I'm here with Marion Wood of Common Sense Organics talking about the fair trade fortnight coming up. Tell us about the fair trade products that Common Sense has. We have the largest range of fair trade commodities of any store in New Zealand, so we're fairly proud about that. So we sell uh, bananas. Uh, drinks, Karma Cola, Ginger Ella, Lemmy Lemonade. Um, all our coffee is both organic and fair trade. We sell organic, we sell uh, fair trade tea, cocoa, chocolate, hot chocolate, sugar, molasses, agave, rice, couscous, coconut milk, spices, dried fruit and nuts, olive oil, ice cream, ice blocks, jute bags, soaps, twine. And sea sponges. Fantastic. That was just <laughs> off the top of your head as well. Amazing. Why, why is fair trade important to common sense? There's a real synergy between organics and fair trade. Because um, in the 1960s, there was the so-called Green Revolution. And that was at a time when um, the oil companies were getting involved in seeds. And this, they got involved in seeds because uh, this was another use of um, oil-based products. And they coated them with pesticides and insecticides. These are all oil-based products. So there was, that's why they got involved. Um, and they sold um, these seeds, which were hybrid, se hybrid seeds, um, on the understanding that they would create um, lots more food, lots more yields, much bigger yields. And they did at first, um, and they sold them into developing countries. But the problem was that a lot of farmers didn't realise that they couldn't just save their seeds as they'd traditionally done, uh, but they had to buy the seeds from the seed companies. So a lot of farmers then started going broke and got into debt. Uh, and some of them got together and realised that this was a, a, a dead end for them in terms of farming. And they needed to return to their traditional ways of farming. Um, and they did that. And 
In the meantime, they had got involved in terms of the kind of things that they were making with the fair trade movement. Um, but they also realized that because they were now farming traditionally, they also uh, qualified for organic certification. So there's a real synergy between organics and fair trade. One of the reasons that um, I personally am very involved in fair trade is that I used to work for Trade Aid back in the day. So I have always been um, a passionate supporter of fair trade and Jim and I actually started the Trade Aid shop in Wellington. Marion, thank you very much for talking to us. It's really good to hear about all the flash products Wellingtonians take advantage of at uh, Common Sense. Well, thanks for, for talking with me too. Uh, just to let you know too that during Fair Trade Fortnight, we'll be having a hamper in each of our stores and anybody who buys two Fair Trade products goes in the draw to win a hamper. That's really cool. Thank you, Marion. Great. Hope you enjoyed that little tour of Wellington's fair trade businesses.